Self-worth and self-esteem. You know, most people would say they are one and the same. Uh, to be honest, pretty much they are. But I want to go by the definition of what Webster goes by self-esteem. So self-esteem, sorry, self-worth, um, again, by Webster Dictionary standard, is a feeling that you are a good person who deserve to be treated with respect. I mean, that's fair. I mean, that's self-worth. Um, self-esteem, on the other hand, is from the dictionary standard. Self-esteem is what we think and feel and believe about ourselves. Okay. So self-esteem is based off of feeling, what, what we think. And self-worth is feeling that we are a good person and deserve respect. So self-worth basically come from within, you know, we believe that we are, you know, a good person and we des or we think we deserve to be treated with, with respect. That's fair. And then, you know, self-esteem is just a feeling or a belief, just something that you internally feel inside. Now, the reason why I bring up self-esteem and self-worth is it's a very touchy topic for a lot of people because they can misinterpret what people have when they project, meaning there's a lot of people out there that have confidence, you know, self-esteem, self-worth. Um, some people might portray that as being egotistic or you have a big ego or um, that you cocky. Um, some might even call it selfish. I'm going to be honest. Listen, this one is, you know, kind of hitting home for me because I've been told all my life that um, I'm too arrogant. I'm too cocky. I have a very big ego. And I'm going to be honest, like I'm not denying none of that. Yes, I do have an ego, but I don't have a narcissistic ego. I don't think about myself. I do think about others. I, I beyond everything that I stand for, like I really, truly love helping people. And I will get the shirt off my back if somebody needed, but I know my self-worth. I know that I deserve happiness, but I'm not looking from happiness or respect from others. I, I will respect myself enough to put myself in a position to be highly respected. Okay. Now respect, that's a whole different topic, but a lot of people demand respect. You can't demand respect if you don't give it. You know, it's kind of like a give and take. Now the whole self-worth and self-esteem, I'ma be honest. Like I really do believe everybody is capable. Okay. Capable of self-worth and self-esteem. But I also do recognize that not a lot of people are willing to accept self-worth and self-esteem. Now, the reason why I say that is because a lot of people look at the word and however you want to define it and however you want to take it, that's totally up to you. I'm not knocking you. I'm not I'm not saying that you got to live by the definition of what Webster tells you or anybody tell you. 
when you hear the word self-esteem and self-worth, you can have your own definition for it. To be honest, like, yo, that's good for you. But from what I'm gathering, what I'm seeing across the board is I don't see a lot of people with a lot of self-esteem and self-worth. Like people don't value their self enough to put their self higher than other people. I know that sounds basically morally wrong, but let me explain this. I love myself more than I love anybody else on this earth. The reason why I say that is, and yes, is it selfish? Yeah. I can't help you or anybody else if I don't love myself. Shit. If I don't love myself, I can't love another person by relying on somebody else's validation of myself puts me or sorry, put them in control of my life and my happiness. I don't know about y'all, but I value my happiness in my life. You know, I love myself. I will hope each and every one of y'all out there love yourself too. But I think a lot of people look at self-esteem and self-worth by somebody else's definition on what they think of you. Yo, somebody's opinion of you should not ever define you on a person who you are. That's their opinion of you. Whether you want to take it to heart, that's, again, that's totally up to you. But somebody's opinion of you should not define you. And let me tell you, I mean, a lot of people gave me their opinion about me. And frankly, some of them is not nice, but I don't let it stop me. I mean, I talked about it, you know, multiple times on on basically on the show right now that a lot of people didn't believe that I should be I, I shouldn't be doing podcasting. But pretty much what the hell with them? I'm going to do it anyway because I want to do it. I feel like I have a message and I have a story and I feel like I can help somebody with at least my story or the interaction with basically my co-host. Even in my perfection now as a life coach practitioner and how I want to merge physical health with mental health. In the beginning, I would say when I started off and I, I said this, but let me just pretty much recap on in the beginning, about like 15 to almost 16 years ago, you know, at the time, my partner didn't believe that it was possible for me to do it. It was more like, I don't look like a trainer or it never be done. So why do you think that you would be able to do that? And my favorite one, you know, you won't make enough money. <laughs> and at one point, like, yo, it, it did stop me. Like I, I got caught in my tracks and then I got wrapped up in somebody's opinion of, of me to let that stop me from doing what I was called to do. But as you hear that I am basically on whatever device that you listen to, it didn't stop me that long. You know, once I gather my thoughts and I say, what the hell with that person? I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to continue to let people stop me. I'm not going to continue to let people dictate my life. I'm going to take personal responsibilities for my life, my actions, and my decision, whether it's wrong or right. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to be that person that when I wake up in the morning, I'm going to look myself in the mirror and I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm glad I'm in the position that I am. I'm glad that whatever shortcomings that I had or 
whatever obstacles that may come or may not come. I'm ready for it. But I will take full responsibilities for everything that's in my life. You know what I'm saying? I love myself enough to pursue my happiness, to pursue my dream, even if nobody else around me believe in me. And that's the... I think that's where it is. Like we are in this society that we are looking for that validation to make ourselves feel good. And let me tell you, even in relationship, like I think that's the most ugly and unattractive thing in the world to look for validation in your partner to make you feel good about yourself. And listen, I'm I'm sorry to put it out there like that, but that's just my opinion. Again, like to look for validation. And your partner to make yourself feel good about yourself, yo, that's needy. That's that's unattractive. Cause then that tells me that you are insecure, that you are not, or you don't have that much of self-esteem about yourself and about the relationship that you believe that it is worthy of your time and your love. So you're looking for certain things to validate it, to be like, okay, yes. I, now I remember. And again, looking for validations and saying something nice to your partner is two different things. I just want to just clarify that because I know probably somebody listening like, oh, that's wrong, Ty. You know, I I like hearing nice things from my partner and stuff like that. And listen, we all do, you know, but looking for validation and having something basically said to you nice without being prompt. Yo, it's two different things. If if your partner, check this out. If your partner comes to you and say, sweetie or honey or whatever that y'all say and say, you know, I miss you and I was thinking about you. Just random. Okay, keyword in that whole entire statement was random. Let alone being prompt, being like, sweetie, do you love me? Do you miss me? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? You're looking for that because Maybe, yes, maybe it is missing in the relationship. So you're looking for it to be validated or told to you to make you feel good about yourself. And again, I'm not knocking the sweet gestures, but listening to what I'm saying when I say it, let somebody do it because they want to do it. Okay, that is more important. You will get something greater out of it if your partner just come up to you randomly whenever to say, you know, I miss you or I love you or, you know, I was just thinking about you or maybe this day and age probably seeing your text, you know, versus constantly being, you know, I don't want to use the word nagging because this it's, it's not nagging because I know certain people need certain things, but it's more about fishing for a compliment. Like, I truly do believe that we are aware of our partner's needs and wants and basic desires. What we do with them, nah, well, that's a different story. You know, some of us might be a little bit slow to react. Some of us a little bit, in my opinion, probably a little bit too quick to react. But either way, allow that person to be who they are so you can get whatever you need out of it. Because if you keep fishing for it, after a while, like, I'm going to be honest, like, and people that's listening, you can agree with her or disagree. It's totally up to you. The more somebody keep nagging about something, and yes, now I'm using the word nagging, 
after a while, that person is going to get tired of hearing the same shit over and over again. And they're just going to give in or just walk away because they're tired of hearing the same shit over and over again. It's annoying. Like, we live in this, this world that I like to say that we we want love. We want, you know, all these great things. But we don't want it in the way that we are describing that we want it. We say that we want love. But when somebody comes to us in a different way, in a different fashion of love, we turn that away because it's not what we are used to. And it's not what we are expecting to love to be like. Love comes in so many different shapes, form, and creed. Like, come on. Now, when we in a relationship, we get mad because our partner is not, I guess, showing the same affection that we hope or we expected them to to show or they are not doing what we are doing so we get mad because they're not showing the love and affection that we want but also in the same token we're not getting the we're not allowing the time to let that love grow and to bloom into something great because two people and again two people not one and the same but two people are different so with that said, before you start reacting so quickly, understand that two people are different. Two people see the world differently. Two people act, talk, think, dress differently. So needless to say, two people love differently. And I don't know where the, the neediness to want to be loved the same way came about because I'll be honest, I don't know. But I know I even struggle with that myself. Like how I love is totally different than how my partner love. And that sometimes causes a lot of friction because by far if if the people listening that truly knows me, they know that I'm not truly a affectionate person in the way of touchy feeling. But I'm a very loving and caring person. I will go to hell and high water for the person that I care for. I will get the clothes off my back for a person that's in need. I will literally do everything in my power to make sure somebody else's life is a lot better than my own. Now, some people might call that love. I mean, maybe it is, maybe it's not. But that's me. You know, I don't do the hold the hands all the time. I don't do the, you know, cuddling and doing all the sweet gestures. And I know that it is cute to do. And I know my partner will love that. And that is something that I am working on to be better at. But I also know that it is a, a conflict and a friction because what she needs and what I need is totally different. And I preach all the time, rather than in my household or even, you know, basically in my studio. We have to take time to get to know one another. We can't keep looking at ourselves and saying, like, I want you to love me in the way that I want you to love me, because that's not fair to your partner. Okay. So, I mean, to go back to the whole self worth, sorry for going on like that long little rant, but the self worth and the self esteem basically ties in into even our relationship. Because even with that story I just told you, I mean, I know myself, I have a lot of self-worth and a lot of self-esteem. And sometimes it might rub people the wrong way. And that got me in trouble, I would say 
the majority of my life because at one point I didn't, I guess you say I didn't have self-worth or I didn't value myself. There we go. I didn't value myself enough to allow myself to be myself. So I'm trying to mold myself to what, you know, society, maybe my partner at the time wanted me to be. And it just didn't stick. It just, it didn't work. And it caused a lot of arguments. It, it caused a lot of, you know, just not hatred, but a, a lot of divide and conquer in any type of relationship I was in, whether it was a friendship or even a intimate relationship, because I was trying to be somebody that I wasn't. And I was going against basically what I stand for deep down inside without even vocalizing what I stand for. But that was in my younger youth or that was in my younger years. Now, I think I speak way too much about my self-worth and my self-value. And sometimes they do come across as being arrogant or I am pushing down somebody else. That's not the case. And a very close friend of mine has told me that never dim your light for anybody. Never. It does not matter. The the people that will be attracted to your light is the people that, that will be important in your life. And that helped me out because not saying that I don't value my friendships. I do. I value all my relationships, but I also value myself more than anybody else. So if any person come in my life or if I come in contact with that's not giving me value, then I have to shift my focus elsewhere. Because if you are more of a hindering or a anchor in my life, I can't have that. I'm going places, I'm going, you know, different levels in my life and I can't have baggage on every level. For every level that I move up to, you know, I got to shed my skin. I got to get tougher. I got to get smarter. I got to get wittier. And if the people that are climbing with me are not motivated to move to the next level in that same way, I'm not saying that you have to be like me, but meaning if you're not willing to basically enlighten or elevate yourself to the next level in your life. And if you are comfortable wherever you at, yo, that's fine with you. But for myself, I'm going higher and higher. I mean, I'm 36 years old. This is just the beginning for me. I got more stuff that I have planned. I got more levels that I have to, you know, achieve. And I don't, I don't believe that wherever my level stop at, that's that's my end. Like that's where I should like give up at because not for nothing, I probably should have gave up a long time ago when I told myself I wanted to retire from corporate society at the age of 25. Granted, I retired when I was 27, I was two years off, but I did it. And with that, it birthed more goals. I opened up my practice went back to school, uh, got my master's, or I got my bachelor's, got my associate's, my um, my bachelor's, and my master's, and eventually I would get my PhD. I mean, I did so much in my time that I have now is because I started basically valuing myself. I started understanding my self-worth, what I believe that I deserve, okay? Not from other people. I'm not looking for validation. I'm not looking for respect from other people because frankly, not for nothing, rather you respect me or not, that's not gonna stop my day. 
whether you like me or not, that's not going to stop my day. I mean, I value myself more than anything else to not allow anybody's opinions or feelings stop me from getting to where I need to be at. And I I do believe that we all have that in us. Like, I really do. I, I really do believe we are all capable. But I also, like I said, I also recognize that most of us are not willing to do what it takes to be that person that they know that they could be. Because, I, I mean, I don't know about y'all or whoever listening, but a person with a lot of confidence or ego, whatever you want to put it, self-esteem, self-worth, they're a target because the people, and I'm sorry to put it like this, but the people that are lesser than the person with self-esteem, self-worth, arrogance and stuff like that, they are afraid. They are pretty much, they are intimidated by that person's presence because it forces them to think and look at their self and it makes them feel uncomfortable. Whether you want to admit it or not, like that's what it is because think about it. If you see somebody that's doing good, why would you want them to play or why would you be jealous of them if you see somebody that, you know, kind of walk in the room with a whole bunch of confidence and love their self and not worry what other people thinking. Instead of be like, oh, pretty much that person is too cocky or that person think they pretty much better than everybody else or that person judging me and stuff like that. Yo, that's a reflection of yourself. That's that's what you thinking. I, I guarantee that person will give two shits of what the hell's going on in that room other than like, yo, I'm here to have a good time. For people that out there that have that, you know, that ego, that that confidence, I'm not talking about the narcissistic ego, like school or your it's all about me type thing. No, I'm talking about that ego that wants to do good, that that refuse to take less than perfection. And perfection can be anything in your definition of what you call perfection, that you refuse to let anything stop you, whether it's an obstacle or that that test or that person at your job that's doing or supposedly doing more work than you are and they don't recognize that you're doing more work, whatever the case may be. Your, your ego, your confidence, your self-esteem, your self-worth, people like that, like people like that are drawn to powerful people. And again, not to put it like this, but I'm sorry, lesser people are drawn to lesser people because it makes them feel comfortable. So no, for anybody listening out there, regardless, and I'm, I'm again, I don't want to divide it into you know less and more, but in a sense of, again, I, I, I did say that I do believe everybody is capable but again, I also recognize everybody's not willing to do what they are designed to do. So the people out there with confidence and with self-esteem, you know, with self-worth, listen, you are a different breed. You will be attracted to different things, and that's okay. Don't let nobody stop you. Don't let nobody make you feel bad about it because it's not bad. Okay. We need both sides. Okay. It's one of my clients told told me 
how he looks at the world and he he looks at the world as a a stage everybody has a place okay a a play or a production on stage can't run without the camera crew or without the lighting or without the actors and actresses and to be honest without the audience you know including the architect that actually built the building including the electrician that actually put the electricity in the building everybody has a unique part in every intimate design of this world we just got to know our place so to feel envious of somebody less or more than that's that's not your place just find what you are good at and i mean ravishing it like i mean just go all in do not stop don't even think about it if you are afraid to be whoever you are listen we got this one time I mean, I'm pretty sure you heard so many different memes. Probably your parents said this or your partner or whoever. We get this one time around. When you on your deathbed, you do not want to be like, what's my regrets? I I regret not doing that business. I I regret not going back to school. I I regret not working out more or eating by it. Like, listen, we don't get a do-over. Like, when your time is up, <laughs> sorry. You can't be like, wait, no, I'm sorry. Can we rewind it? There's a lot of things I want to do, but now I recognize I should do it now because I'm about to die. Like, no, when your time's up, your time's up. So I do recommend that we we all get out there and experience the world how we want to experience. And that means however you want to carve it. Don't let anybody tell you differently. Don't tell you, don't let society, your parents, your partner, your job. Like whatever you want to do in life, like you're the driver, you're the architect. You're the only person that has full control of your life, so do something with it. And I will hope that the majority of us that don't have self-worth and self-esteem start learning how to actually get that. Now, if you want to know how to create self-worth and self self-esteem, I would say it's easy, but try to do this, okay? Try to look at yourself every single morning and every single night. Try to find five things that you are grateful for and try to find five things that you are good at, okay? And don't, main thing, don't complain, don't compare yourself to somebody else, okay? We're not looking, again, for validation to see you are better than this person or you're better or you're greater than this person and this particular skill set. No, no. I'm just talking about self-reflection on yourself. Okay. Five things that you're grateful for and five things that you're good at. Okay. Do that every day. Do it in the morning and do it at night. Okay. Write it down in a journal, write it down on your tablet, on your phone, write it down. And at the end of the week, open it back up and read it. And just keep doing that and keep remember you are just as important than the next person. You have talents that somebody else don't have. Rather, you are a great singer, writer. If you're a great whiz in 
basically coding in computers, or if you're a great podcaster or fitness trainer or doctor or lawyer or writer, or even a mom, like, let me just touch this real quick. A lot of people out there don't see value of being a parent. Like my honest opinion to all the parents that's listening, that is one of the over and underrated job in the world. Let me let me explain why I say it like that. One, for parents, we don't get paid. <laughs> there's no days off. There's no time off. We get sick. We still got to go to work. Sorry. Now, overpaid is a, a lot of people that don't have kids think that is easy until they get kids. And then they realize that, oh, okay, well, it's, it's a lot more difficult doing what it is. But parenting is the most greatest gift in the world because you have a major job in another human being, design and the future. You can birth it, you can cradle it, or you can destroy it. You can mold it, you can shape it, or you can squash it. Parenting is the, by far from what, from what I see so far, I mean, my child is nine, about to be 10. For the last nine years, I, you know, I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid to say it. Like she has taught me so much of things from patience to understanding, to love, to compassion, to, and this might sound very weird coming from me for the people that knows me or don't know me too, is she taught me how to understand, to be honest, different people. <laughs> now, I I already understood different people and how people act from a science point of view. But being forced with a, a child that one just came into this world that don't know anything other than what I told her or what I teach her, she already have her own personality already. She's by far not like me. She's very, and when I use the word emotional, it just means that she lives through her emotions. And, and it's cute to see, do I agree with everything that she do? Probably not, but that's not my place. I never squash it. I always tell her to be whoever she wants to be. I, I always tell her if you are living through emotions, go ahead, do it. But please do not let other people dictate your emotions. If you are feeling happy, sad, or emotional because of something that you are feeling, that's awesome. But if there's something that somebody did something to you that made you feel bad, nah, I'd be damned if you allow somebody or yeah, I'd be damned if I will allow you to give your power to somebody else. And I'm teaching my daughter at a very young age to have self-worth, self-esteem, confidence. I might be a little bit too hard. I, I know sometimes I, I can be very militant um, and I apologize for that. But again, I'm only human. I mean, me being a father, this is my first time being a father. I This shit don't come with no type of instructions on how to be a parent. And to, frankly, to be honest, even if it did, I wouldn't want that burden and that pressure to read a dictionary or a book on how to be a parent because let's just say that, you know, for 
basically all our parents out there, imagine there was a like a how-to book on how to parent. And it tells you step-by-step step and age-by-age age of what your kid should be doing. Do you know how inadequate and um, unsatisfied that you will feel that the fact that if they don't hit every mark in that book, you will feel less than a parent? You will feel, to be honest, you will feel like a failure. If, if there's somebody that wrote a book on how to do parenting one-on-one perfectly, and it's guaranteed that your kid will come out to be successful and yada, 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 and you, and you, you got to follow these guidelines, Yo, do you know how much a pressure that will be for every person around the world to try to fit one their self as a parent and then put their kid in that mode? Yo, that's that's too much of pressure for one person to do. So for me, like my daughter taught me so much. She taught me understanding, compassion, and like I said, love. And again, not saying that I didn't understand all these things. But I'm a different breed. Like, I don't operate with emotions. I operate with more logic. If it logically makes sense, I will pursue it. I don't emotionally react to anything because emotionally it's unclear. It's just how you feel in that moment. So that means your feelings can go right or left or it can it can come and go. Logic is just proved based off of what that person performing doing every single day. And you can, for the most most part, gauge what's going to happen. Emotion is pretty much a feeling in that moment. How you feel? Oh, this feels right, so let's do it. Again, I'm not knocking it. I I'm I'm not knocking emotion. I'm really not because deep down inside, I wish I had more emotions. It just I guess I wasn't designed or I wasn't born with that abilities. I was born with something else, and I accept that. I fully accept that. I know the people around me might have a hard time with that, but I fully accept the person that I am. Like I, I truly love who I am, and that's basically what it comes down to for self worth and basically self esteem. Is yo, you gotta love yourself before anything. After everything I just said today, you gotta love yourself. You gotta value yourself more than your kids. And I know that might sound hard for some people, but yeah, you got to love yourself more than your kids. Because to be honest, if you're not around, who's going to take care of your kids? You got to love yourself more than your partner. And again, for a lot of people, that might sound hard. Why? How can you show love and compassion to your partner if you don't love yourself? It just, it doesn't work. You got to take the time and effort to get to know yourself. Again, why? Because if you don't know yourself, how can you take time and effort to get to know this, to get to know somebody else if you don't know yourself? How can you create anything if you don't self-reflect? So taking time to understand your self-worth, to under to develop self-esteem, to develop confidence, some type of ego, not the egotistic one. <laughs> but take time to self-reflect to build you so you can be a better person or be a great person for somebody else. 
Like we are searching and I truly believe we are all searching for the same thing. We are looking for somebody to look at us and love us for who we are. And I'm going to say this again. I truly believe we all are looking for somebody to love us for who we are and not trying to change us or make us feel less than what they think is quote unquote perfect. I truly believe we all searching for that same connection. So why don't we allow that to happen and take time to truly look at each and every one of us and say, I love you for who you are and whatever that means. And how, however you want to say, I love you. Some people say it with words. Some people say it with, you know, affection, you know, kissing. Some people say, I love you through sex. Some people say, I love you through buying, you know, gifts and stuff like that. This, I recommend that y'all pick up the book five or yeah, five love languages. I read it. Uh, a friend of mine gave it to me like a long time ago and it took me about like two years to read it. But when I read it and then I actually took the test, yo, it, it made sense for me. Like it really made sense for me. I would definitely put the link um, in the bio below so you can try to find the book and take the actual test to see which five love languages you are. Um, and if you already read the book before, go back, reread it, and just just to get a nice refresher on what languages you are, you know, um, you know, just to put it out there. My number one, um, yeah, my number one love language is acts of service. Okay, not buying me gifts. Like buying me gifts does not do nothing for me. Acts of service. So acts of service, in my definition, is somebody doing something for me without me telling you to do it. It could be anything. Learning me, learning, learning what what I need in my life in a sense of so um, how I break it down is I take on a lot of stuff, rather in my personal life and in my business life. So acts of service can be a small gesture of if it's your day off, come to the studio, bring me some food. That's acts of service. Or if I go home and if you home um, again, just you know, probably be at the the table waiting for me to get home so we can like chit chat. I know that might not sound like acts of service, but for me, that, that that's the stuff that I like. Um, you know, just small little gestures. Um, physical touch. I know this might sound weird. That's number three on my book. Like physical touch is not high on my radar. Um, to be honest, physical touch. Too much of physical touch kind of kind of creeps me out. <laughs> I know that sounds weird, uh, but that's just a, a personal thing for me. Uh, physical touch is like too much of it um, makes me feel like, I don't know, it's like I'm kind of drowning. And it's a very uncomfortable feeling for people to constantly want to touch me or hug me. It's just, I just don't like it. Yeah. So for me, my number one love language is acts of service. Okay. This is just, I don't know. That's, that's always my thing. Then the second one is quality time. Now, quality time, I don't know why that's not number one, but when I took the test, uh, like I said, active service is number one. And when I look at what makes me feel the most in love 
is the acts of service, but quality time. One thing about quality time that I definitely love is when we are together and there's no distraction. You're not on your cell phone. That shit pisses me off. When I see people out and about and they constantly on their phone, yo, that's the, yo, excuse me what I'm about to say. That's fucking annoying. Like if you out and about with your partner, why the fuck are you on your phone? That's that sends a clear message to your partner that, yo, you're not important. What's on my phone is important, especially when you're at the dinner table. And if your phone is on a dinner table, yo, that shows that one again, the dinner table or your your presence is not important. So for me, quality time is quality time. Like we are together Rather, it's five minutes, 10 minutes, two hours, three hours. I don't care. Like the, the time part does not matter. Is when are we together? I have your undivided attention. It's not being distracted by any type of technology or you are thinking elsewhere. Like we are together for whatever time frame that we have. And that is like important to me more than anything else. Even in my studio, like it's funny, my... My number one rule for time is being on time is late. You, you got to be here 10 to 10 to 15 minutes early to be on time. And obviously you late, then you don't ever want to come here late. Like that, that pissed me off. And that's even in my relationship, being on time is late. Being late will piss me the fuck off. Being 10 to 15 minutes early, that's on time. Like that's, that's. I think that always been my thing. Time has always been a thing. And if you tell me a certain time, then you better hit that time. Like if you say like 10.05, shit, it better be 10.05, not 10.01, or it better not be 10.06. 10.05, your ass better be here 10.05. But um, enough with all like the five loans. Sorry about that. But I, I feel like I just wanted to, you know, kind of get into that. Just trying to, give you some little personal insight about me and then, you know, just have you understand more about myself and about self-worth and, and basically self-esteem. But, yo, know, like always after any show, I like to say it and I like to close it out with, if you know anybody that needs this, please share this, like this. And um, the next time I come on here, it will be, sorry, the next time I, I come back on here, uh, I know that sound kind of muffled, but um. I will have my co-host and we will be doing, you know, part two of self-worth and self-esteem. And and we will be talking about from her point of view of what that means and do she have self-worth and basically self-esteem. But until next time, I'll talk to you. Need a boredom buster? The personal fitness studio Against All Odds in Glastonbury has focused on the individual, physical, and cognitive needs of your community for over 10 years. Unique training and coaching builds and shapes your body and mind through strength and circuit training, cardio, and boxing lessons, a great way to relieve anxiety. See AgainstAllOddsPTLLC.com to learn about the corporate fitness programs and the online training packages today. Because if it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you.